Hello, movie friends. This is uh, your host, Ryan Holmes. And this is uh, my show I like to call There Will Be Movie Reviews. And uh, I'd just like to introduce my guest host, Cole Daxon. Cole, say hi to everyone. Hello, everyone. I'm Cole. I am a guest on Ryan's show, There Will Be Movie Reviews. And I don't want to steal a thunder from you here, Ryan. But it seems like today we're going to be looking at the movies Super Bad and Step Brothers. Is that correct? That is correct. So uh, for this, what we do is we just look at these movies. We're going to do a little analysis on them, talk about some fun facts. Yeah, but I'm not going to keep you guys waiting. And uh, let's get started. So first movie uh, I'm going to be talking about is one of my personal favorites. I love this comedy movie. I've loved it since years ago when I first watched it, and it is super bad. So, super bad is came out in 2007, uh, starring Jonah Hill, Seth Rogen, uh, Michael Sarah, Chris Marin's Plaza, Bill Hader, and Emma Stone. So, uh, yeah, this was a pretty big movie for the time. It has become a much more bigger movie now. I think it's become more of a cult hit than it was back then back then it was it grossed around 170 million uh dollars at the box office so not too much for a comedy movie um it was actually around 100 it came 100th place in uh the box office level for rated r movies but um yeah so let's get started into this analysis cole so cole what do you have to let's hear what you have to say so uh you know how when the when the movie first starts, there's a scene, the beginning credit scene with Jonah Hill yeah. and Michael Sarah dancing with yeah. their silhouettes. A fun fact about that scene is that um, that was added after it was shown in movie theaters. Yeah. It was added, yeah, it was added um, when it came out on DVD. And the menu screen only has Michael Sarah dancing as a silhouette. <laughs> and it is actually not looped at all. The um the actual recording of Michael Sarah dancing is one hour long. Yeah, okay? I heard that. Whole <laughs> hour. That is hilarious. Yeah. Well, I love that whole intro to the movie. It's got this, you know, uh, classic seventies style to it, and like the music throughout the entire film is all just like seventies and old oh, music, yeah. which just make it so much better. And uh, but then okay, so after that whole intro with the credits, credits, the title credits, it has the introduction to both uh, Michael Sarah's character and Jonah Hill's character. So a yes. fun fact, their names are Seth and Evan. So this film is written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. And they wrote this film when they were about, they were just in high school. And Seth Rogen was writing this movie on the set of Freaks and Geeks, a show that he uh, starred in, in from 1999 to 2000. So they were writing this right in high school. And the characters' names, Seth and Evan, were based on themselves. And a little fun thing was that Seth Rogen actually wanted to star as uh, Jonah Hill's character, but he realized he like looks he was way too old. And he like when he was sixteen, he already looked like a thirty year old. So they just knew they couldn't do it. So just had Jonah Hill come in for that. But um, yeah. So how about you, Cole? What do you think of that whole starting part of uh? when they're introducing their characters. Well, I think it's uh it's pretty funny. I mean, they're talking about porn sites, which <laughs> is already pretty funny. It's like a classic, you know, teenagers like porn stuff. Yeah, fantastic so um, Voyager. Oh yeah. 
it just sets it just sets like a good mood like this is kind of a bit of a raunchy movie yeah. but uh you know all the stuff they're saying when they're arguing about it and stuff it's just kind of lighthearted and funny yeah it just kind of sets a tone for the movie for the it's, type of comedy we're going to be experiencing it's really introducing the the two characters as a whole you know it's introducing who jonah hill how he's this douchey you know he has um he has some separation anxiety, obviously, obviously from Evan's character, Michael Sarah's or uh, Michael Sarah, in the film, and he, you just know he's like this really, really horny, like no filter, filtered character. He's kind of a loser, not gonna, not gonna lie. And then whereas Michael Sarah, the thing about Michael Sarah is he's actually just playing himself, like in the all movies with Michael Sarah, he's just playing the same character. I know, but it works for this movie because. It helps with that level of craziness from Jonah Hill and then that sort of saneness from uh, Michael Sarah's character. But uh, yeah, so uh, tell me some of the funny things that you started off like. So something that uh, one of the probably the first thing, one of the first things that made me laugh pretty hard is when um, uh, Michael Sarah gets into the car and then Jonah Hill uh, is talking to him and Michael Sarah's mom in the movie comes <laughs> over and starts talking to them and she's all bent over. Yeah. And um and uh she's wearing a bit of a undercut shirt. Yeah. And Jonah Hill makes the comment um that he's so jealous that uh Michael Sarah's character Evan got to suck on those <laughs> uh breasts when he was a child. Yeah. And then Michael Sarah says back, You're so lucky you got to suck on your dad's dick. <laughs> and I, that was probably the first thing that made me laugh hard. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I think another part was it was when they're um because Michael Sarah or Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah their characters go to the convenience store and they <laughs> see that porno mag and they uh lift it up and then <laughs> Jonah Hill goes like oh just like two baby toes just want to suck yeah. on the toes yeah. and I, I just died like you know like the type of you know the similes that he uses, just like to compare all these things, are just so funny, and 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 it continues throughout the entire film. And we'll get to some more of that, and we'll get to some more of the, those funny things that Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, Chris Williams Plaza says. Well, just a quick comment on the convenience store thing. I think it's just nice that they start off with you know a couple of teenagers, high schoolers going into a convenience store. Really like makes it yeah relatable to the adolescent experience, you know. And Jonah Hill goes, um, I think he says something like, can you get this for me? It's like really reminiscent of <laughs> exactly people going yes. to convenience stores. It's very it's relatable, relatable in the adolescent yeah. experience. Exactly. And it just makes it, it makes it seem all the more, um, immersive. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, that's just, um, just the, the nice little details in the movie. Yeah. Like more immersive and more realistic and exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then next. This is where we introduce one of the greatest characters in cinematic history. Yes. Vogel, yes. or otherwise, Vogel. McLovin. 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 A great character. I know. McLovin is hilarious. He comes in, and another thing about uh, this guy. This is uh, Christopher Mintz Plaza's first ever role. If you go onto his IMD page and go all the way to the bottom, this is the first time he's ever been like on screen for a film. So, I mean, like, what a great film, uh, what a great film debut. And then another thing, this is Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah's first, uh, 
like lead role for a film. Obviously, they've been in other movies like that, but this is their first time actually, you know, being a a lead character for this movie. But this is where we introduce to the great character known as Vogel. And another great thing about this is we're introducing to him so well. You know, he's talking about he's like. What's up, gangsters? The, yeah, this yeah. weird, creepy voice, and then he's talking about how uh, he saw this. Uh, forget her name. Um, her G string as he's walking, <laughs> and then and Jonah Hill goes, "Oh my god, it's the greatest fucking story oh, I've ever yeah. heard!" It. Please tell it again. And then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's just so good, and it introduces him so well, and that mm-hmm. this sort of begins the plot of the film as. You know, and then soon we are met with uh, Jules's character. So you want to talk about uh, that part? Yes, there's a couple things I want to add about Fogel's yeah. introduction. Yeah, is um one of the things is you can just kind of get a, a feel from the character even before he's on the screen. <laughs> uh, you can you you can hear him say something in the background, and it pans over to Jonah Hill, and Michael, Sarah, and uh, Jonah Hill goes. Don't tell Fogel about the party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to, trying to make sure that he doesn't come to the party tonight. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's so good. It's so good there. And then that, and then he also is getting paired up with, uh, Jules. If we go back a little bit further. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, who Jonah Hill has a crush on. He, he thinks she's, she is very, very attractive. Um, and then he gets partnered up with her. And then that's when the plot is developed into, they need to get, um, or he, they're getting invited to the party. Yeah, uh, Jules's party, and that's how that's where story begins. And then another thing is where Fogel saying he's going to pick up his fake ID, mm, the legendary and, fake ID. Yes, the legendary fake ID. And there's another scene that I'd like to talk about is the famous. Um, <laughs> drawing of dicks. Oh yes. Sorry. Yeah. When Michael, Sarah, Michael, Sarah, and Jonah Hill. Uh, S- they're in the cafeteria. Yeah. Um, Michael, Sarah's character Evan is talking about how he's, how he's, uh, you know, looking forward to uh spending time with uh Becca. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And um, Jonah Hill talks about how he, Jonah Hill doesn't talk very fondly of her. You know, Evan, obviously yeah. liking her, wonders why Seth isn't so fond of her. And Seth goes on to tell of the story when he used to be a child, he would draw penises for hours <laughs> on end. During yeah. class, he would draw penises. At home, he would draw penises. He would just draw penises everywhere. Yeah. And I think he said before he told the story that it's completely normal that 8% of kids, <laughs> um, 8% of kids suffer from it. Uh, yeah, so that, uh, that was pretty funny, and um, he tells of when he was drawing this big, girthy, veiny bastard. I think were the words that he used. Yeah, and <laughs> he says that someone knocked over his drawing or something. Yeah, and it hit Becca on the foot, and she picked up the drawing and looked at it. Yeah, and ratted him out to the principal, to which the principal thought that he was possessed by some sort of penis devil. Yeah, <laughs> he tried. <laughs> Tried to exert what is it, exorcist him? Yeah. Even with exorcism. Yeah, exorcism, yeah. And then he had to go see a therapist. <laughs> yeah. And he and, wasn't allowed to eat penis shaped foods for the yeah. rest of his childhood. Yeah. 
So a couple things about that is a, a little fun fact. So all those penises that they drew had to be like um submitted to like production companies and like the rating systems. So they had to take every single drawing and they have to give it to like these uh where they rate the films and like um where they decide if the film is going to be rated R or like if it's allowed to be shown. And they gave uh the all every single drawing was drawn by actually Evan Goldberg's brother. And they have to give every single drawing to the people and uh at the rating company, and then they have to submit, give it, get, take it back, and it takes like weeks. I heard it took them like weeks to get them back, and then they have to approve every single dick drawing uh, that they did. And there's like there were so many <laughs> dick drawings that you made. It's so weird. Oh, yeah. It's so <laughs> weird. And um, yeah, another part about that is um, in the scene where they find or when um the girl or Becca picks up the dick drawing you see um those hands that are holding the drawing of the penis aren't actually the little girl's hands because they can't allow like a little girl to see like um that like a penis on a piece yeah, of paper like yeah. that and that girthy it's just like it, it's all sort of lawsuits or that something girth. Like that. yeah i know <laughs> and um so it's actually like just some hands of this girl with that is has a very very tiny hands or some adult with very very tiny little girl hands they did so just something interesting i thought um but yeah and then after that uh what happens after that so now becca or uh, jules is asking for jules is asking to if they can buy alcohol because they got the fake id so if you want to talk about that a little bit uh yeah there's uh some funny parts yeah so talking to Jules, and then Jules' friend asked for the uh, specific type of alcohol, the pink something. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's uh, he's very awkward in that situation. He's yeah. talking to Jules. He's telling her about how he's going to buy alcohol. He's, yeah. I mean, in the back of my mind, he's probably thinking that, like, you know, he might not be able to get the alcohol. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and uh, Jules goes, so uh, you scratch our back, maybe we'll scratch <laughs> yours. And then... Jonah Hill goes. Funny thing about my back is that it's uh, it's located on my chalk, <laughs> and uh, that got no laughs from the girls that he told it to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, um, yeah, yeah, and another important plot point is that Jules gives him a hundred dollars to buy the alcohol. Yes, exactly. So, this is developing the story even more. Um, mm -hmm. a thing I want to touch up on is that you know most comedy movies are very like they they are very long they they tend to get too long no comedy movie i don't think should be anywhere over one hour and i know this movie is like uh an hour and 53 minutes it said but you know it, it works around it with the great writing it has but you know most comedy movies drag out so long and i just thought this is like the the way this uh movie is just played out it's so perfect you know, it's in the span of two days, and it's just so interesting, and you're invested the entire time. And I think with that great writing and great acting, it just creates such a great formula, uh, a great formula for this film. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to touch up on that because I thought it's something that most comedies don't have, comedy movies don't have, but specifically, Superbad does. And so, okay, now we can start talking about my 
favorite scene is probably the McLovin scene. Yeah. This, yeah. This is hilarious. This is it, it's so well. <laughs> uh, another fun fact is the line. You look like a future pedophile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is so improvised. Good. That line that's, is improvised. Yeah. That was improvised? Yeah, he came up. Wow. Yeah, he, <laughs> there's so many, like, just, like, similes that, like, you know, he's, like, or he's, like, McLovin, what are you, Seal? Like, it, it's, <laughs> yeah. so, it's so good. And, you know, <laughs> uh, it, it it's just back and forth, this bickering back and forth. It's just, like. It's so perfect, you know, you're realizing yeah. how idiotic it is. He's like, McLovin, why the fuck would you pick McLovin? It's like, it was between that and Muhammad. Why the fuck <laughs> would it be between, between that and Muhammad? Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then it's the, like, yeah. Muhammad's the most common name in the world. Look, read a book, idiot. <laughs> but the thing is, it actually is the most common Yeah, name. yeah. It is, and it's so, but it's so good, because, like, they're bickering back and forth and it's just so perfect you know you love these characters right away yeah because of this and they're just like you, you love you love to be like a part of their journey this entire time and so another thing next um yeah if you want to keep talking about that actually because there are some more funny things it's just i gotta love the photo it's like it's not oh. even like it properly put in so like he's like, his so... face is like on the side like he's not even center in the picture it's so <laughs> close up and like orange. I why know. is it so orange? <laughs> I know. <laughs> why the? F I don't know why the fuck he chose to be from Hawaii though either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he like in the in the film when they were filming this, he's seventeen when they filmed this movie, and he decided mm. to put his age as twenty five. I think. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. So he comes out of the liquor store, and you know, with the vest, and they're like. You look like fucking Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so good. Um, and then uh, following that, there's another funny scene. Um, so Seth, at the beginning of the movie, when he's parking at school, he parks in the staff parking. <coughs> yeah. And um, they get over there, and Seth's like, oh, where's my car at? Where's my car? Yeah. And um, Fogel's like, why did, why did you park in the <laughs> staff parking lot? You're not staff. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, shut the Fuck up, Fogel! Yeah. So good. My question is, like, how in the world did Jonah Hill or um, Seth's character and Fogel become friends? Like, how did they, like, ever, like, why are they friends? Like, why do they, like, how do they like each other? They hate each other. Or at least, like, Seth hates Fogel. Like, it doesn't make any sense why they are friends. They, like, he calls him Faggle. <laughs> <He> <laughs> Yeah, he's not very, Jonah Hill isn't very nice to Fogel. Yeah, and, yeah, and then, yeah, so if we want to keep going, then they're at the, uh, if we want to... Well, first, yeah. first they go to the uh, grocery store yeah. where Fogel used to work. Yeah. And he's wearing the, um, he's wearing the vest. Because yeah. they're, they're all ready for the party. They're going to, they were planning on just getting the alcohol and going yeah. straight over. So, um, Fogel comes out of his car and, um, Michael, Sarah, and Jonah Hill, they come off the, uh, they come off the bus. Yeah. And they're looking, they're looking pretty sharp, all right. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, It's like yeah. the slow-mo of them Oh, yeah. Up. Yeah. And again, with that, like, 70s, like, um, yeah. Yeah. soul music. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And, and then uh, it hands yeah. over to Fogel getting out of his car and he's got the, he's got the brown sweater vest on. Yeah. And, um, they get over and, 
Jonah Hill while he's walking over. He's like, you can see him mouth out. What he the goes, fuck? <laughs> I know. Um, and then they get up to him and um, they're like, what are you wearing? Yeah. <laughs> and Jonah Hill's like, you look like Pinocchio. <laughs> and yeah. then again, with those just great like comedy bites, like they, um, like Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah are were already best friends, so the chemistry between them is just it's so real. It's so real. Yeah. Um but yeah, so if we want to fast forward to where Vogel gets punched in the face, <laughs> if we just uh yeah, we can go past there. And yeah. that's when he meets the two cops. That's when he meets Officer Slater and I forget the other guy's name. I think it was Michaels. Yes, Officer, Officer Michaels. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um that was just I I love that scene and where they're meeting him and then <laughs> he goes they go, How old are you? And he goes, Old enough to party <laughs> Just how uncomfortable he is in front of the police. He's like oh, and he's like shaking around during <laughs> yeah. the scene too. I'm sorry, officer, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it's just yeah. good. Yeah, and I love the cops too though. They are just they're so funny in this. And you got Seth Rogen and two and Bill Hader, two comedic geniuses. Um, you know, they like both make just great films and they're just like they they make great movies and they've been they're just hilarious together. And <laughs> and there's so much improvisation uh with those characters. You know, Bill Hader's been on SNL, so he knows how to improvise properly and he and he's a great with that. Yeah, um yeah. But yeah, so they finally meet and that's when like the story goes in two directions and they have uh Officer yeah. Slater and Officer what was it, Henderson or Michaels. Michaels, Michaels. And um and then Fogle when they're on their journey together, and then you got uh Evan and Seth on their journey to go get the alcohol. Yeah. And Seth yeah. immediately after the scene where they're thinking about running from the scene because they don't want to get caught by the cops. Seth gets hit by a car. <laughs> Seth gets hit by a car, and then this weird guy comes out, and he's like, "Yeah, he's first. He's not even looking at them. He gets out of his car, and he's just staring off in some random yeah, direction. Yeah, I like, know exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I noticed. Are you that. okay, dude? Yeah. So good. Yeah, and the something I noticed that I I thought was just so funny and subtle was just the way Jonah Hill falls. He falls like on his kneecaps. He gets hit in. He gets like rear-ended in the ass and he falls on his knees and he's like oh fuck <laughs> yeah and he's like and then uh, the guy comes out and he's like listen I have a warrant out for arrest so <laughs> so is there anything we can do and he's like you can either give me a bunch of fucking money or you can buy me some booze yeah <laughs> and Jonah Hill Jonah Hill's just such he's so angry in the movie yeah I know <laughs> it's just so good it's so good there. Yeah, and so that's when they divide and so Vogel is with um the off two officers and then Seth and um Evan are on their way to a party to get alcohol. So if we want to go to Seth and Evan where they are now at the party and um they're trying to get alcohol and this is there's one of the most disgusting scenes ever is when he is dancing with the girl and he gets he, he gets period blood on his pants. I don't know how that's humanly possible though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've I've talked to my mom about it and I'm like, "Is that possible, mom?" And she goes, 
No, that's not possible. That is disgusting. A How, good a good discussion to have with your mother. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I know, I know. But um I ha I had to know. I had to know if it could really happen. But uh, obviously, sadly it cannot. Um <laughs> truly sad. Yeah. And that's another great scene is when um Michael Sarah is in the room with all oh. the guys and that is actually a true story. That actually yeah. happened. Yeah, that actually happened to Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg when they were children, which the script is based off of their yeah. kind of experiences. Yeah. And that actually happened where they just got stuck in a room and people just started doing blow like right around them. And when they were teenagers and they were like freaking out, obviously he didn't start singing for them. They added yeah. that in. But yeah. like the, that situation where, and that's where they based it off of. But he starts singing like the, like, it's just the perfect song. It's he sings uh, yeah. "These Eyes" by the Guess Who, and he's like so awkward, <laughs> and it's just so good. It's so it's good. because it ties back to uh, the guy who hit um the guy who hit um Seth with his car. Yeah, because he hits Seth with the car, and then he comes out and he's like, he's like, "You look like Jimmy's brother." Yeah, <laughs> you, you know Jimmy? You look yeah. like his brother. And he like bends over all weird. Yeah, and then um, you really do, man. Guys, you really do. <laughs> yeah, the guys in that room think that Evan is Jimmy's brother. Yeah, and like you can sing so well, you better sing for us. You better sing for us. Yeah, and so he sings for them. And then, um, before before he sings for them, uh, they the guys who come in the room talk about how there might be a fight. Yeah, because um, someone was dancing up on the guy who. Uh, the guy who, uh, runs yeah. the party. I think his name was Mark. Yeah. Someone was dancing off on Mark's fiance, and that was, that was none other than Seth, who yeah. got perioded on. Yeah. And, um, so the singing from, uh, from Evan gets broken up when, uh, the guy from the liquor store, who was, uh, you know, cleaning up after Fogel dropped those cans of beers, he comes yeah. in and he goes, there's a fight! And then you go out there and it's Jonah Hill fighting with the Mark guy who owns the party. <laughs> and then yeah. um he tries to throw something at Jonah Hill and he ducks and then it just it just goes off the chain. And Jonah Jeez. Hill grabs Michael Sarah and they just head out of there um with a laundry detergent in hand as he's yeah. trying to wash the period blood off. I don't think they got any booze from that, did they? Oh yes, they did. Well they they stole the um they have the laundry detergent and they brought it out. They took it out, right. they went with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, but Fogel still has the liquor at this point too. So yeah. back, if you go back, you go back to Fogel where he's with the two cops right now. They are just loving him. They are loving Fogel at this point because he's, you know, um, they have they have to go to the bar, um, mm -hmm. and that's when Fogel is like they're like trying to get. Fogel to stop the bad guy or the yeah. the drunk from running away, and then they and then they're he's in the kitchen somehow, and then he falls down and then uh, hits his head on the ground. The yeah. the drunk, and then they come in and Seth Rogen's like McLovin, nice, <laughs> yeah, and it's so it's good. good. Yeah, yeah, he's like yeah, <laughs> and then. And then, yeah, and so they're just like developing, and I love their character relationship together. It's just the chemistry so good. between them. Chemistry between, between the three of them. The yeah, cops. yeah, it's so good, and it's so good. And you discover later on that you know they knew the entire time, but they just wanted to, um, 
you know, they they hated cops when they were kids too, so they wanted to prove to you know teenagers like Fogel that cops aren't all that bad. And yeah, yeah. They're good, and so it, it's good. It, it's it's heartwarming, <laughs> just a little bit, but you know, yeah. it, it makes it that much better. The plot is, yeah, it, it just it helps it with the plot like that. So, um, but yeah, and then if we want to fast forward to the scene where they are finally at the party, they have um, who is it? They uh, all the way to the party. Or, well, I guess we can... Do you have anything there's, else? There's a little bit of character development between Steph and Evan at some part. Yeah. So um, they leave the party, and then after they... Like the party where Seth gets curated on, and yeah. they steal the detergent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So um, during that party, uh, Evan leaves, and Seth is upset. He's, he's upset that his friend yeah. bailed on him. And um, they have a bit of a... They have a bit of an argument. And, uh, about, you know, how, about how, um, you know, Seth is selfish. Evan thinks Seth is selfish. Yeah. And Seth thinks Evan is just doing this for Becca and stuff. Yeah. And then during their argument, a certain team of three comes and hits Jonah <laughs> Hill again with another car. <laughs> and that team is none other than Officer Michaels. Officer Slater and McLaughlin. Yeah. They come and sidewind Jonah Hill and he goes flying and breaks their windshield. Yeah. And, um, they come out <laughs> and they go, they're, they're kind of panicking. You know, the cops are panicking. Yeah. I know. They were, yeah. They were just shining a flashlight at each other's eyes, pretending they were lightsabers. Yeah. And all of a sudden they hit, they hit Seth. Yeah. And so they get out of the car and go, you guys been drinking tonight? And then they ask, they asked McLovin to sign the thing saying that um, they were just driving and these guys jumped in front of their car and there was nothing they could do. And McLovin gets out of the car and he sees that it's that it's Seth and and um, Evan. Yeah. And all three of them just run away. Yeah. Evan gets up and runs away. McLovin and uh, <laughs> Seth just start running away together. And the cops yeah. are like. McLovin! Yeah. McLovin! McLovin! Yeah, it's good. But another thing, though, is, yeah, so this is the turning point. This is the part where, you know, the two characters are there. This is where the problem occurs. This is where, at the rising action, where um, Evan and Seth are now just, they're mad at each other because, you know, um, the entire time, Evan or Seth has just been so selfish and he, he's got this, he's definitely got, uh, this separation anxiety from Evan and he needs, a, he, he needs him around. So this is like the developing point where they both realize that they, they've got some problems to figure out finally. And that's, and it, it's good too because it's not that long. And if a lot of problems with most comedies is they have this long time where the characters are mad at each other. And it's only for, I don't know, like it's good long enough because it's not like this sad music in the background playing. That's just all like, yeah. Oh, I miss, I miss him, and uh, like that. It's just like it's I'm not. It's not party. really cheesy. It's, it's exactly. It's more real. It know? gets to the point, and that's what's so good about it is because we don't have to listen to this bullshit, you know, sadness between the characters. It's for maybe two minutes where they get mad at each other. They're like discussing, and then right after it goes back to the development of the plot and the story. So and and again, it's that sort of you know uh 
speaking from experience here, you don't really stay too mad at your friends for very exactly, long. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's it doesn't take much to be able to get back together because you know you've been through so much. It's not like they're doing something horrible. You just get yeah. into an argument about how someone's acting or something. Yeah. You talk it through and then it's it's done. You know, yeah. other comedy movies, as you were saying, Ryan, they just drag out that conflict for yeah too long. It seems. Yeah. And really, it only takes like what maybe maybe a couple like fifteen minutes, yeah. half an hour to exactly. talk about and resolve, and then you're just yeah ends again. You know? Yeah. And so, yeah, we can cut a little bit further to the story when, um, they're finally, they're on the bus going to the party and, um, they find the other guy, they find the drunk on the bus and he oh, goes, yeah, yeah. it's you, McMuffin. <laughs> yeah, he goes, oh, you're that McMuffin guy? Yeah, yeah. And then they sadly drop the big, the, gold flaky vodka i think it, yes for, and for becca for becca and it's sad and this is where um this is where um more sadness comes into play but finally they're three blocks blocks away from the party and they're almost there they've made it suddenly again they're at the party jules is happy to see um jules is happy to see seth and Becca is very happy. Becca is drunk, every mind. Yes. And Jonah. And this are, is this is not what Evan wanted. No. Evan it's was not. hoping that they could have a nice evening together, maybe get to know each other a little yeah, bit. That's the difference between uh Seth and Evan is Seth just wants to fuck. He wants to have sex with her. Whereas uh with Jules mainly. I think but I think he also has an underlying in the back of his head he does like her. Like he does have a crush on her. Yes, but yes. It, it, that is tr- pretty true. But like he, it, yeah, and um, whereas uh, Evan just wants to get to know her. Yeah, and Becca feels the same way that um, Seth was feeling towards Jules, but yeah. towards Evan. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, and so, um, yeah, they're at the party. This is a, a big scene, so we won't talk about it too much, except for like the more important parts, but um. They're finally, you know, Evan is like realizing that she is super drunk, so he has to get drunk himself uh, in order to, you know, hook up with her. But and he can't do it. Yeah, he can't. And he's in the bathroom by himself, pouring himself shots, trying to drink from straight out of the bottle, and he just can't do it. At this point, Becca, um, Becca is just waiting for him to appear. She yeah. doesn't know he's there yet. He tries to get himself drunk. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't work out. They go up to the bedroom. Becca's Becca's going crazy for him. And he's just like, I can't do this. Yeah. And then, perfect timing, Becca starts vomiting all over the bed. Oh, yeah. And and so we cut to, I think it was Seth and Jules. And uh, Seth's like, you want to go outside and talk more? Yeah. I really like talking to you. He's, he's very drunk and Jules is sober. And so... They're talking and and Seth starts crying because he's like, I wanted you to be my girlfriend when I was yeah. over. And um so Jules is like, Oh no, it's okay, Seth. It's okay. You still have another chance. You didn't need to get me drunk for this. It's okay, I like you. Yeah. Because Seth's whole mindset was she is out of his league and she would never get with him if he was sober. 
Yeah. But that's not the case, as we see with how Jules feels. And they're having a really deep, intimate conversation about their feelings. And Seth passes out and headbutts Jules in the face. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. They're black eyes. Funny thing about that is that line, what the fuck, is completely improvised. Completely improvised by um, yeah. by uh, Emma Stone. And this was her. That, that was pretty good. Yeah. There's a lot of emotion <laughs> put in that, I noticed. Yeah, it was, it was good. You can tell she's like, it, it's good. It's like, yeah. it completely ruins the moment, though. That's the thing. Yeah. Of like their emotion. But again, it's just more of the comedy aspect. Exactly. It's really yeah. ends. Yeah. So a thing about the whole plot is like uh, there's been some controversy about the plot is like if you think about it there's people that believe that um you know the whole idea is just they're trying to get these girls drunk uh so they can have sex or hook up with them and get with them but the thing is if you look at it from again it's just it's a movie. That's the thing people don't understand is that obviously this isn't a real situation. This is crazy. The amount of stuff that they have to go through to get to this is there's no way this would happen in a real life situation. And another thing is in the end, Evan actually does. Evan knows and understands. They have that aspect of that. Evan, Evan is like very, very much like opposite from wanting to do that. He wants to get to know. Whereas Seth, on the other hand, is he wants to uh, he, he wants, wants to get her drunk which is a little bit immoral but as we know from the development seth is a bit of a disrespectful guy towards yeah, women exactly but, that's the other thing is like he is very he he look at seth and you don't want to be him like i i personally wouldn't want to be no. him so the fact that like you know people are gonna look at this and be like oh my god i want to do we should definitely do this this is such a great idea and like are inspired by him is it's it's not true because obviously who wants to be like jonah hill in the in this situation he wants to be like yeah. seth in this situation well again it's a it's a movie exactly I mean, most yeah most of the stuff is an exaggeration of the story that happened yeah. when seth rogan was a child yeah so i mean yeah yeah exactly yeah that's what, it's just a big it's it's a moment taken from Seth Rogen's childhood. It's made to be a funny, to think, comedic yeah, movie. To think that these characters, like, it, you know, obviously, if, if it was that messed up of a plot, then it would not be showed in theaters you know, mm-hmm. or anything like that. Because it's, that's, there's so many other things a part of the film that aren't just about that. Because, you know, you got that underlining uh, storyline um, with Fogle. And the two cops and that's just that's great too and then so they they finally meet up again uh and the cops come to the party <laughs> and that's when Fogel finally gets with the girl he does it he gets with the girl who he saw at the beginning of the movie yeah he uh he shows her his id um it says he's 25 it says his name is mclovin and she's like i've never been with an older man before yeah and uh it's good, yeah. so it's so unbelievable and funny how Fogel is able to play himself off as a twenty five year old man. Yeah, it's just, exactly. I don't understand how that girl fell for it. I mean, I was gonna say too how I don't yeah. understand how the cops fell for it, but again, they know he's not twenty five. They reveal. Yeah. Uh, we'll just talk about the last two scenes. So the last two, the last scene is 
I I love this because it sums up you know the awesome character, um the you know the storyline between um Officer Slater, Officer Michaels, and McLovin, and they have that scene where they're in the car to pan Van Halen's Panama, and they're going Panama. Da, da. It's so good. It's it's awesome. It's just it, it it's great for me to see that. You know, it puts a smile to your face watching that. Yeah, that's good yeah. because you know they're gonna still you know obviously I'm sure these cops are gonna be friends and I think that's just such a great part of the film and then again as you're talking with the ending Evan in that they're back to being you know they realize that he doesn't Seth doesn't need to do this he, he's almost hiding like his maybe his true self because he wants to be someone he's not yeah and yeah. and I think and then Evan realized you know I'll always be your friend uh, mm-hmm. Seth and you know, they're finally, it's just a great way to end the story. And, uh, but Seth wants to keep this, you know, his character up. So after they sleep over and they've had their intimate moment in the morning, Seth goes, they're like, you want to go to the mall together? And, uh, Michael yeah. Sarah's like, yeah, sure. Let's go to the mall. And then as he's go, as, yeah. um, as Seth is going upstairs, he goes, all right, uh, I guess we'll go to the mall. And then uh, he pauses for a second and he goes, your mom's got a huge tits, and then he runs upstairs. <laughs> yeah, because I think he's afraid of getting like too um, sentimental or serious. Like, there's some yeah. people like like that though. They just like they don't like getting too serious, and they're just afraid of it. And that, you know, it's kind of sad, but like it's just true. And again, with the comedy aspect, it doesn't really matter. It does. It's just you know, it's it's just a funny moment. Yeah. But yeah, and then finally they get to they they're at the mall and they see Jules and Becca. Both of them are with each other. It's a happy ending. You know, you feel good. This hilarious film with just like so many great characters, writing, the the setting, and the writing is so smart. I don't know. Like, the thing is, I don't know how it wasn't like nominated for like uh, at least like a screenplay nomination. Like, it's great. I I don't understand. Like, there's, it's, yeah. It's just, it's just the, uh, it's just like the whole, the whole adolescent experience just makes it so like relatable. Yeah. In the sense, like not in all the ways, but in the sense like, you know, it's just having a good, it's just a story about friends having a good time. I mean, it's basically what, what, what is it like two days that the whole story takes place? Yeah. It's just like, a nice story about it's a funny story about friends having a good time getting themselves into predicaments and then you know getting yeah. themselves out of those predicaments and solving yeah. their problems yeah it's not only a funny movie but it also has a good resolution so it sends a good it sends a good message at the end of the day with the character development with Seth learning that he shouldn't yeah. just you know get girls drunk to sleep with them he should get to know them more yeah, and it just—it's just a good movie, and yeah. it's funny. Yeah, it's a it really is. funny movie. Yeah. All right, I think that sums up that. I do want to talk about a couple fun facts, though. I thought we were hilarious about this. So, um, something interesting about Superbad is that this is Eminem's favorite movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> This is Eminem's favorite movie of all time. Yeah. This is Eminem's favorite uh movie of all time. Yeah. Um <laughs> that's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Um at fifteen minutes into the story, 
uh, Christopher Mintz Plaza's first scene in the movie ever is the sequence where in the cooking class, you know, that scene, he improvised from his very first line. Like, he improvised all that. That um, is interesting. Yeah. Compared to Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah, you don't see him in a lot of films, but I feel like he should be in more films. I mean, yeah. if that was improvised, he yeah. did a really good job. Yeah, exactly. The, I've also noticed that Jonah Hill is such an underrated actor because um, this, the guy's been nominated for two Oscars. And, you know... It, I don't. Everyone just looks at him as this like overweight, uh, actor, and he obviously like he. I think I know he's had like trouble in the past. He has like with identity, like because people are telling him to be this character, and he's all gotten all this hate from people just calling him like fat and overweight, and he de- doesn't like it at all. Like he hates it. Like he's had like problems in the past, and he's like finally like truly discovered himself. And it's like I've heard interviews where like with Howard Stern where he's talking about it, and like. You know, he made that, he directed and wrote that movie mid nineties, which is just a great movie. It's really, really good. And I've never seen that one. I'll yeah. Give it, the watch. Yeah. It, it's really, really good. It's, it's, he tells it from the heart and you can really tell it's great directing. I think that's pretty much it for, um, super bad. Great movie. I think it's, uh, time to start with our next film. Let's. Step- Let's move on to our next film. All right, Let's so I'll I'll start. I'll talk about this uh, movie, Step Brothers, directed by the great Adam McKay. Adam McKay has uh, he's done the other guys. He wrote uh, or he directed the other guys. I think he wrote it too. Um, Talladega Nights, Anchorman, Anchorman Two, The Big Short, um, Vice. Those are two more serious. They were nominated for like tons of Oscars for those movies. Um, and also this, so this film is directed and written by Adam McKay and, uh, and it's also written by Will Farrell and story and is also by the two plus John C. Riley and produced by the great Judd Apatow. These two films are very similar into the sense that they are both like buddy comedy movies, uh, or romance comedy, whatever, <laughs> bromedies. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think romance comedy is bromedy is a is a good word <laughs> yeah and so this film stars will ferrell john c Riley, adam scott katherine hahn richard jenkins and mary steenbergen um this film was released in 2008 uh grossed 100 million dollars at the box office and it is just a great duo comedy movie uh by both actors john c Riley and will ferrell this movie is where they, I think they just got to go haywire. So again, this film starts with this hilarious intro to the characters, both simultaneously. Uh, they're very similar, these characters. Actually, a thing I noticed is how similar both John C. Riley and Will Ferrell look. They both got that ridiculous curly oh, hair. Yeah, yeah the curly hair. They got the wrinkles and like those, they got like really bad teeth, I noticed. Will, they, they got the eyes that are just like, yeah. The, the eyes are like deep. Eyes. Yeah, the, the squinty like, deep eyes. Yeah. And, um, another thing is like they got, uh, like I've noticed Will Ferrell has like really bad bottom teeth and John T. Riley has really bad top teeth. Mm. So throughout the film. So it's a great intro. Um, making that nachos and cheese starting their oh, day yeah. off. Yeah. You know, their parents, you know, they smother them. They get married. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Mary Car Steve. Home. Yeah, Car Ride Home. Yeah, Car Ride I, Home. There's some very funny dialogue between John C. Riley and his father and Will Ferrell and his father. So in the car scene, um, John C. Riley said some stuff about how he's not excited to be moving in. Yeah. And uh, he's not excited that his dad's marrying another woman. And um, Will Ferrell is also not excited to hear that his mother is marrying another man. Yeah. And uh, he talks about how um, how he doesn't want to call um, Mr. Do- Dobak? Dobak or Robert. Yeah, Mr. Dobak. He doesn't want to call him dad. And he was like, yeah, that guy better not get in my face. And then he goes, he goes, I'll drop that motherfucker. <laughs> and it's just, it's just, there's some really good dialogue there with Will Ferrell. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I, I mean, John C. Riley's was good too, but, um, I just noticed that Will Ferrell's just made me laugh a little harder. Yeah. And that was, that was definitely a good line. Yeah, it is. It is. And the plot is so simple. It's, it's so simple. Like, yeah. the, there's nothing really like hard to understand about this. It's just two brother, two stepbrothers, like we're 40 years old who act so childish coming to finally live together because yeah. Right. And I'll do, I'll talk about a more deeper comparison between the two films later down the line. Yeah. But, um, when, when the two brothers first meet when Will Ferrell steps out of the car or Brennan and, yeah. uh, and, uh, Dale or John C. Riley's character stepped out of his house. They have a bit of a standoff, and then the title <laughs> the title appears right in between them, and it's just it's such a good title drop. Like yeah. it's so funny how they're just staring at each other, not saying anything. Yeah, and um, they start off by talking to each other how um Brennan needs to refer to Dale as Dragon, <laughs> and Dale needs to refer to Brennan as Nighthawk. They they act so childish, and it's so it, it like I know kids that act that way, and like are like you have to call me Dragon, you have to call me Nighthawk. Like I've met like ten year olds or like seven year olds probably that yeah. are like that. Yeah. Like I remember being a kid and probably doing that, and like having like wanting other kids to call me like Dragon or Nighthawk. Like that, it's so uh, it's so immature, and the fact that they're like just like forty year old men doing this is it's so funny. It's just so yeah. good. Again, another thing that I always thought was so funny is that the characters are like they almost have like childish names, like Brennan, yeah, <laughs> Brennan yeah. and Dale. It's yeah. like it's they chose the best, the most perfect names for the two. It's like. Brennan, like I feel like I think it, the it, the reason it's so childish is because it's like a name you hear now, like in yeah. younger kids and Dale. Um, and whereas like saying like calling them like Robert or like Bill or like John yeah. if or with something like that would make them seem less childish. Whereas Brennan and Dale are just perfect. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So back to the plot, we see them. They finally meet each other. And I think one of my favorite uh, parts is at the dinner table. Oh, when, the dinner is so good. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's like haywire almost, even though it's like so so much little going on, but it's so haywire. And one thing I noticed that it's kind of subtle is that Dale and Brennan are both eating chicken fingers and oh. and fries like a little kid thing, like it's such a like a like a childish like dinner. That's like the most childish like uh thing to eat i think yeah, or like I like every kid and but the parents are eating like salad i think i think they're eating yeah. salad and salmon and like 
uh, something like that, which is a more, uh, I guess, more mature dinner, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. But, and I thought that was just, that's a, another little subtle thing that's so funny. Yeah, and there's, and one of the things is that at the dinner table, there's just so much tension between the two. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's so funny. Like, they're, they're like looking at each other, and, um, D- Dale will say something, and Dale's dad will be like, Dale, knock it off. And he'll be like, I'm not the one looking at me, because Will Ferrell <laughs> will be looking at him and stuff. And, um, um, so, uh, Dale's dad asks Brennan a question, and Brennan calls him Mr. What's, what's the camera? Mr. Doback. Mr. Doback. Yeah. And, um, he's like, Oh, uh, thank you for the meal, Mr. Doback. And he's like, Oh, you can call me Robert. And then Will Ferrell calls him Robin. And then he's like, Oh, it's Robert. And he's like, Okay, Robin. And he says it like really quietly. It's just so good. And yeah. then, um, Brandon talks about how he's a really good singer because they're talking about the, their talents. And, um, so Brandon says he's a really good singer and Dale starts singing about like, if you want to get down on these hairy balls, yeah. why don't you jump right in? Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. And then, and then, um, uh, Brennan, Brennan and Dale just start arguing and, and, uh, Brennan gets all emotional and starts, yeah, he starts to cry. cry. <laughs> he starts to cry. And, uh, Robert's like, Brennan, Brennan, it's okay. Don't cry. It's <laughs> just so funny. It's just so good. It is good. It is. It's like, it's just so good and then they're sleeping in the bed and they're like talking to each other of how much like they hate each other and he's like he's like calling him a curly-headed fuck <laughs> yeah like, yeah and that's just so good um i don't know if you want to talk more about that um or that that scene where they're in bed or or, um, or the next scene yeah i don't have much to talk about that the scene when they're um when they're in bed, but um, one of the scenes that uh, I remember is that we're introduced to Derek a little bit before they're in bed, and uh, we're told how uh, why Brennan doesn't like to sing in front of people, and yeah. it's because because Brennan goes to a talent show when he's younger, and bre- Brennan's younger brother got his whole football team, who was in the choir, to start chanting, Brennan has a mangina. Yeah. And then yeah. everyone in the audience started joining in too. And even Brennan's own mother started joining in and chanting Brennan has a mangina. It, it's so ridiculous. Like that. It's just so it. ridiculous. Yeah. And the, it gets more ridiculous throughout the entire movie. It's like, oh, yeah. um, so Dale, Dale and Brennan start pranking each other a little bit, which yes. is a little montage. Yeah. And then at the end of the montage, we see Brennan rub his bullsack. Ball sack. Oh yeah, I, I like to talk about that. Yeah. So, I'll let you elaborate. Um. Yeah. So, a funny thing about that: the fake testicles that Will Ferrell used were worth about twenty thousand dollars. Twenty thousand. And <laughs> they were presented to him as a wrapped present. Oh, he was he gifted them as a wrapped present. So that, like, I saw that and I was disgusted. <laughs> I first saw that when I I was like in grade seven when I first watched stepbrothers and i remember seeing the just i was like whoa there's a <laughs> his ball sack is in here and i was just like this is ridiculous and crazy yeah and then and then um we cut to uh derek coming over which is i believe something you want yeah to talk i about. i w- i just wanted to 
that I think is one of the best character introductions. Like honestly, like as good as like some in like other films, like more serious films, like maybe like uh Don Vito Corleone in The Godfather. It could be comparable to that because you right away without him like even like having to be introduced with other characters, like having like him talk or like come to the door and say hi to maybe Brennan and Dale and introduce that way. You they they could have taken out that car scene and the film would have been able like it, it's you know, it doesn't develop the plot really. Um it's just an extra scene. But it's so good because now you know how much of an asshole and a dick. You just know he's a douche. Yeah, and he's terrible, that stupid hair and he's got like the um yeah. he's got the Bluetooth uh little headphones. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's like the leather jacket and and I just like that scene with that singing Sweet Child of Mine in their Range Rover on yeah. their way is just it's so hilarious. It's so good. Um yeah. uh another thing about that though is I absolutely hate that kid. The blonde kid. He's the most punchable face I've ever seen. When he's singing, <laughs> when he has a solo, he's like, Take it away, Tommy, or whatever his name is. I just hate him. I, I absolutely hate the kid. He just looks like an idiot and he looks like a loser. I just well, I'm like guessing <laughs> I'm guessing that was probably by choice. They were it taking... is. <laughs> the, but what's so what's so special about um what's the actor's name for that guy? Um oh it's um Adam Scott. So Adam Scott, it's so interesting, just a little bit about Adam Scott, is that when he's in let's just say Parks and Rec, he's he's a likable character in Parks and Rec. Yeah. Right? You like him, but then it just shows how good of an actor he is because he goes into Step Brothers and all of a yeah. sudden He's this douchey guy, and you don't like him. You're not rooting for him, and it's just—he's yeah. just a good actor. You know what I mean? I know, yeah. And <laughs> it's so funny how you can tell, um, you can tell like Catherine Hahn, uh, the wife, yeah. character. Uh, she just absolutely hates him. She like can't yeah. stand their relationship. Well, while they're singing, she's like all straight faced and. Yeah, not having a good time and stuff. I know she funny. hates her life. Yeah, she hates it, and that's another just like an underlining funny story, uh, yeah. part of it. Um, but yeah, so then they're at the dinner table. Um, Adam Scott, at Derek is there with them, and he's just sucking up. He's yeah, he's sucking up. up. He's being a jerk completely, and they're like, and Will Ferrell isn't there because he hates him so much. Hiding on the treehouse. This is when they start to become more uh like they like each other more yeah. so because of how much they hate Derek. so they uh john c riley's character dale goes up to the treehouse and he's up there with um brandon and they're like i mean i still hate you but you got a great porno collection and he's got like he's like he's like masturbating yeah. in a time machine <laughs> yeah yeah it's so That's good line. and then, and if then you, um, yeah and then Derek pops his head into the treehouse and he's like What's going on, guys? And he's just like being a douche and stuff. Yeah. And um, he looks at both of them, and he's like, "You guys want to punch me in the face right now, don't you?" And he's like, "Do it, do it." And yeah. then uh, and then Dale just punches him right in the face, and he falls out of the treehouse and hurts his shoulder. Yeah. And um, Brennan goes, "Oh, you know what's good for shoulder pain? Licking my butthole." <laughs> Snap. And then he like, it's and then just. It's just a funny, funny moment. Yeah, and um, and then after that, when they finally, when Derek and his um and the family's leaving, uh, that's when uh Dale 
gets to like has his little interaction with uh the lady, his lady friend, or yeah. uh, Captain Alice. Alice, 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 yeah. And so that whole line, that whole like part is all improvised. It's That's improvised. All of it, every single. That, that is so impressive. You know, you know what happened after that? The entire crew clapped on set for her because she that, it, that she did it impressive. first try, first take. She did that entire thing. And every everyone on the set started clapping to her. Even the mom, Mary Steenbergen, uh, Nancy, uh, Brennan's mom, came up to her and gave her a hug because of wow. how good it was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that whole thing, she just came up off, off on the spot, and I thought that was just amazing. And that's just, yeah, I thought that was so cool because that is that's like, it's crazy. Yeah. Finally, yeah. this is when they like each other. Yeah. Uh, Will Ferrell comes up to. John C. Riley, and he goes. Um, he shows him the uh, he shows him the samurai sword signed yeah. by Randy Jackson. Yeah, yeah it's, and so it's ridiculous. Like, I've, I've only shown this to three people in my whole life, <laughs> and he's like, "Why did he? Why did you get Randy Jackson to sign a samurai sword?" And he's like, "I only had a samurai sword on me. I had to get him <laughs> to sign it." And that's when they become friends. That is when it, it happens. They build oh. a bunk bed together. Oh yeah, and then they're like dancing around. This would be so good for activities. This is yeah, so many activities. And, and then it, John C. Riley <laughs> jumps on the top bunk. This is how we do it. Immediately yeah. breaks and falls on uh yeah, falls it, on Brendan. He's like, "Come quick! There's so much blood." And Brendan's got like a little tiny cut on his elbow. Oh yeah, he's like, "Oh, it's not yeah. so bad." Yeah, uh, and. Then they have the interviews the next morning, yes, which are the great. Interviews. Uh, uh, we can skip to what the best part is when the idiot Dale decides to he he just farts in the middle of his oh, interview. With, yeah. He's in it with Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen's the guy he's interviewing them, which is great. Yeah. He's like, oh, I like you guys. You know, you got hair like me. I see. I see the irony in the in wearing the tuxedos. the tuxedos. I think that's hilarious. And then he's like, then he farts. He's like, you know what? Tuxedo seemed kind of fucked up, and yeah, yeah, that's what he says. And he's like, "Oh, I can taste that in my mouth." He's like, "Is that is that onion, onion and ketchup?" <laughs> oh, that's so gross. That's... Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and so and then after that, there's a big scene where they fight all oh, the little kids, and that's the thing. Chris Gordaki. Yeah, that's the more childish part of it. That again, that's like you know, you got the bully, you got the. You, you got the like the bully in your school. Yeah, Dale's you don't want, like you don't want to see him. He's like, <laughs> yeah. Dale's like, I don't want to go down that way. Can we go the longer way? Okay. And another thing though is like that's when they decide to do entertainment or um um. Oh yeah, like right uh, there. Prestige worldwide. Yes. Prestige and, worldwide. Yeah, and um, but that's where they decide, and that's another uh plot development. Um, yeah. Again, you know, where he like they get beat up. They have to lick dog poop off the off the ground yeah and it's so gross and then they're back at their house and <laughs> and they're on the thing he's like you know the scene with the flying monkeys from the wizard of yeah. oz that's what it was like and he starts crying yeah yeah and then and then that is where that is where they find out that um robert is putting the house on the market yeah and not only that but they're going to be given a little bit of money to get apartments, and it's yeah. non-negotiable that they both need to go to therapy. Yeah. And they decide that Prestige Worldwide is their last hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and that's when um he sings and yeah it's yep. so Brendan it's so sings good. For Dale. <laughs> and then Dale's like Brennan, it's me. You're good. <laughs> he yeah. goes, I know. <laughs> and it's like such a it's such like a mediocre, not very good singing <laughs> voice. And, and Dale's like crying. I know he's, he's like, like, I don't want to sound weird, but I think you took on the shape of a unicorn for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I felt like I was floating above myself and watching myself sing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so good. Again, with like and, these, yeah, these similes that they use just to like, it, it, they're so ridiculous. It, everything about yeah, it's and then then it's that night too that they decide that they need to. For um for Prestige Worldwide, they want to get investors and they want to make a music video to show <laughs> off what they got. The relationship between those two, the two guys, the chemistry is just it makes it so much better. Those little scenes where they're like talking to each other and like having discussions and like is <laughs> like best friends. It's almost yeah. it's almost like I don't want to say cute, but it's just like it, it's heartwarming. It's to good see chemistry. Them. Yeah, it's heartwarming to see them like that. Um. But, yeah, and another thing is, like, I noticed, too, that makes them more childish is the clothing they wear. Like, they wear, they have that Star Wars shirt, like, yeah. uh, Dale has that Star Wars shirt. The Yoda they, shirt? Yeah, or, yeah, the Yoda, Yoda, yeah, I actually have that shirt, which is, uh, oh, wow. yeah, and, um, and then Will Ferrell has, like, a shirt with, like, a unicorn on it, and, but, yeah, so if we want to fast forward, the classic Boats and Hose. Boats and Hose. Boats and Hose. It is so good. It it's just hilarious. And um it, They <laughs> crash they crash Robert's boat. Yeah. The thing I realized is why the hell would they add that into the music video? Like why couldn't they cut because that? Because they're because they're idiots. I it's, <laughs> it's so it's like But it's so funny Robert's reaction. He's just absolutely taken back by it. Yeah. Um now Robert is so mad, and you can tell oh, yeah. that Nancy and Robert are starting to like argue with argue each with each other and slowly uh get away from each other and dislike yeah. each other. Like he's there, the two of them are kind of ruining their Robert, relationship. Robert um gets into an argument with Brennan when they get home. Yeah, <laughs> and and he's like, you know what? Someone should have done this a long time ago, and he takes him into the living room. And like bends him over his knee and spanks him a bunch. Yeah, and then they oh. have yeah, and then that's where the scene ends, and then it cuts to Christmas, and then that's yes. Christmas time, Christmas and time, and um, yeah, and it's pretty yeah, that's that's a, just a great part of that scene, and where they and that you can tell Robert is just like not with it at all anymore. He's yeah. like he hates them, and whereas like I think. Dale and Brendan have no idea that they are. Yeah, they don't, they don't even know like what's happening. They have, they, they have, they're so oblivious to the fact that, um, that, that like their, their parents like don't like each other anymore, really. And yeah. they're like probably going to get a divorce. And, um, yeah. And so then features at the dinner table that I love that scene at the dinner table when he, uh, Robert announces that they're getting a divorce and yeah. they start bawling their eyes yeah. out. And John C. Riley's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw up. I think I'm gonna throw up. I think I'm yeah. gonna throw up. Yeah. <laughs> and then he pukes. And I, again, that's such a childish thing. I know kids. And, and the funny thing too is that, like, um, 
uh, Derek's family is there, which includes Alice, and Alice is like, <laughs> Alice starts like calling, uh, calling da- uh, Dale, uh, Dale, and he's like, she's like, oh honey, don't throw up, and then she starts crying too. For yeah, some she's lit. Yeah, she goes crazy, and, and Derek, Derek's like, Derek's like, what are you doing? Well, why yeah. are you crying? <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Oh, I love that. And then, um, what else? Oh yeah, so and then. Oh, they they want to know the two brothers. They want to know what the reason is, and, and um, yeah. Nancy's like Nancy's like, oh no, it's not your guys' fault. And then Robert's like, yes, yes, it is your guys' fault. And then that night is when they start to get upset with one another. Yeah, you know? that's the night when they're like, oh, it's um, they're going to bed, and um, I think Dale was like, oh, Brennan, you know. It's your fault that they're splitting up, and then Brandon's like, "Well, Dale, it's your fault that they're splitting up." And then and uh, that's and then that's when Dale and Brennan start to hate each other too. Yeah, they resent yeah. each other, and then that's what happens. Is like it's kind of like their own again. It's their own fault for getting mm-hmm. the divorce, and then because of the divorce, now they don't like each other, and yeah. so it comes back to that. And so then they have this ridiculous sequence where they're like they bury each other like he says yeah. and <laughs> yeah dale dale hits brennan with the drum set because um, yeah he's brennan like, goes to the drum set and he's playing it and he's like dale broke up mom and dad and then dale grabs the uh dale grabs the symbol and smacks brennan in the head and he stops moving and dale thinks he's dead and he starts <laughs> yeah, he's dragging like, him out to the backyard yeah you're gonna hold it's so and, good and oh. then and then that's when they finally realize that they are, they like realize they they um, Dale says, um, you know we're not we're never brothers we're step brothers and yeah. like that and yeah. then that's the emotional it's a point sad, sad moment and that's when they decide to become more mature but the thing is it's not their true selves it, yeah those yeah. that mature version of them um and yeah and then. That's and then Dale Brennan gets a job at uh Derek's uh Derek's company. Derek's company. He's leasing uh his helicopter leasing company. Yeah. And then Brennan or uh yeah, and then Dale no, Brennan takes on the yeah, and um the he takes a job from Derek whereas and then uh Dale takes a job as the he's like um he works at a catering company. Catering company, yeah, exactly. And so now they're becoming more mature. They're learning how to take uh take care of themselves and properly they get apartments. Get apartments. And this is when <laughs> Brennan has a crush on uh another like little side plot to it is uh, Brennan has a crush on his therapist. His yeah. therapist, yeah. He's like he's like, I love you. Yeah. I love <laughs> you so much. And she's like, I'll take note of that feeling, but you just met me and he's like I'm thinking about our life together in the future. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> and then funny. that's so good. Yeah. Um, and then after that, they have the scene where at the cattle or the Brennan, wants Catalina to take, wine mixer. Brennan wants to take on the Catalina wine mixer. And it's just so ridiculous. It's like, what even is the Catalina? What? Why? And it's like, it's the like fucking Catalina wine. The, the fucking Catalina wine mixer, baby. Yeah, I know. And, that's so good. And this is where they can finally come back together. Brennan mm-hmm. has assembled this. So 
they can get Nancy and Robert back together again. Yeah. He wants them to get to get back together again. Yeah, because he he misses he misses Brennan misses Dale and they, Dale yeah he does I, Dale does miss Brennan and they're so mm-hmm. like they see each other and they're so awkward and back together like yeah and he, it's so funny it's so good and um they finally see each other and he and then I think Nancy and Robert realize that they were trying to get them back together yeah they, they also yeah. have and what happens next to bring Dale and Brennan together. Is they have to sing that song. They have to yeah, sing. Yeah, because the, the singer, the, the audience is mad that the uh, the band is only playing, uh, what are they playing? Uh, 80s Billy Joel music. Yeah. And the audience is like, boo, play something else. And then the, yeah. the singer starts getting all mad. And then Dale and Brennan are the only ones left to keep the music going yeah. in order to uh, to keep the Catalina wine mixer going. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's so good. It, it makes, it's, um, so creative and it's like it's it's, it's so creative but it's also so silly like they start singing and then everything just starts going like perfectly back together it's just, i know yeah it's, it's like, funny it's um yeah it is ridiculous and also i think uh what's her name Catherine hahn uh what's what, what was it? alice alice yeah i think yeah. she has like i think she literally has like an orgasm when <laughs> dale is singing she's like oh 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 uh like yeah, that yeah and it's ridiculous it's just but it's so funny um but yeah and so they're finally oh yeah and and brendan's therapist that he had a crush on starts falling in love with him when yeah he i know a song <laughs> yeah she hears a song and then other characters because of the this magical song that brendan is singing this yeah. opera this ridiculous opera song is <laughs> like De- Derek starts like remembering about the memories he had yeah, with yeah. Brennan, and then uh, yeah, it's it's so funny, and uh, because of that, and so finally they eventually get back together. Uh, Nancy and Robert and somehow they get the house back that they had before, even though they yeah. sold it, so they bought it back. I guess it Alice like and a- Dale. Alice, uh, Dale breaks up with Alice and she's like, no! Yeah. <laughs> no! Yeah, she's like freaking out and it's yeah. so funny. Um, yeah, and it's so, it's just so ridiculous. Um, they start the karaoke business together. They do start the karaoke business and it's, it's awesome. And I loved the final scene of the film because I just love, like, the ending. It's so perfect. You know, they finally are back together and all the families are together. Everyone, yeah. everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. And it just, it's a, it's just a heartwarming film for even like for people that love those types of comedies. And it's, yeah. you love to see like, it's it, it just a good <laughs> film to watch, you know? Robert, Robert. So here, it's like they're having the final dinner. Derek's family's over. And Derek's telling everyone about his business. And then um, Robert Robert is like, be quiet, Derek. You know, we, yeah. I want to hear about I want to hear about Dale and Brennan's yeah. business. And then they go outside and they see the gift that Robert's giving them. And it's the house. It's the boat that yeah. they crash. It's perfect. They give it to him and then they give he gives them crossbows. Yeah. And Chewbacca masks. I think. And yeah. a bunch of porn magazines. Yeah. It, it's it, a new treehouse. It's it's so cool. It's so good. Um, it's just a silly, silly, kind of funny, 
nice wrap up to the movie. It is, and yeah, they got it the, throughout the movie again with the music. It's so like it's just like this cute little kid music. It's like whistle. Yeah. It's like whistle music, and it's like like all that sort of stuff. And it's like this, you know, you got hollow notes like "You Make My Dreams Come True" and all yeah. the funny, just like it, yeah, and it, it's perfect for that film. But um. Yeah, it, it it's uh, it's a great movie. The two are comparable. Uh, if you want to talk about that, um, how the two are, Superbad and Step Brothers are comparable. So I think they're comparable, but they're also they're two different movies, but they're one and the same. Yeah. And what I think about that is, um, elaborate a little bit. So Step Brothers is more silly, and funny. Yeah. And like kind of far fetched and funny, whereas Superbad is more like realistic relatable and funny and i think both movies respectively uh super bad trying to be more realistic and step yeah. brothers trying to be more far-fetched there's other far-fetched comedy movies and there's other more realistic comedy movies yeah but i think none of them do it as well as step brothers and super bad do in their respective fields yeah they're they're different there's different types of comedy movies and i think they're both very good comedy movies, but they're different in that yeah. way. And I think that both of these movies are like at the top of their own fields. You know? Yeah. Superbad being more realistic, relatable, um, just having good characters, being able to talk about like, uh, scenarios where it's, it's almost believable. Whereas Step Brothers is more like, you know, it's less believable that there'd be, such childish people with, you know, fighting and burying each other alive and stuff. But it's yeah. funny, the execution of it. Yeah. So that's just, you know, they're different movies, same genre, but they're, they're very different in that way is that one's more realistic and one's more not realistic, but they're yeah. both just very solid movies. Which one uh, do you think is better? Super bad or Stepper's? That is a difficult question. See, I think, um, I think I'm gonna have to go with Super Bad. Yeah. Just because it kind of gives me the more feels of like, you know, teenagers going around having a good time. Whereas Step Brothers, Step Brothers might be more. It's not as relatable though for you, like Step Brothers. That's the thing. Whereas, yeah. Yeah. But um, Step Brothers might be, it might have more funny moments, but it's more. It probably has more funny moments, but I think Superbad has a higher quality. Yeah. In the sense exactly. that it's, it's, it's more believable. Well, yeah. Which also makes it funny. I think, I think Superbad's the better movie because mm -hmm. I, I think it's, it's better quality than, you know, the story is well driven and well executed. You know, it's, it's in the span of two days. And the thing yeah. is, it is almost a two hour long movie. Where it is, it is a long movie. It is, but like the thing is, it, it's so you're so immersed in this film, uh, that you don't go, you don't go, <sighs> and like no. look at check your watch because you're just like each clip I think in scene are so well yeah. like timed and spaced and that they all come together in a perfect uh amount of time. It's just it it, it it's so well executed in that way, and you know the whole style of the film, you you feel right. You feel mm -hmm. right in there, and you know, high school. You, 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 we're both in high school, so we understand kind of like the 
ooh, the feeling of high school like they feel. Uh, yeah. The themes and. But yeah, and that's think, not to say that's not to say that Step Brothers makes you look at the watch either, and you know, think, oh, this is kind of dragging on. I mean, sure, it's some parts it may seem like it's dragging on, but it kind of like goes from scene to scene. You know, I don't think it drags on too much, especially since it's a shorter movie. Yeah, it does a better job of mm, kind of keeping it short. But yeah. I think if Step Brothers were the same length as Superbad, I might not like Step Brothers as much. Yeah, no, that's true. Step Brothers is very, it, it, it's a perfect length. It, how how long do you say? Was it like an hour and 39 minutes or an hour and 30 minutes, something like that? I think it might have been just under an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. if it if it is that, that, then, yeah, I can check it out here. It is an, oh, it's an hour and 38 minutes long. Okay, so and just so, over. It, so, with that being said, it, it, it should that's the proper length, I think, of like a comedy. It doesn't need to be over two hours long. Superbad is an exception for being, or it shouldn't be over in like uh that length. But uh, again, Superbad is the exception. But it comes, it like is topped by the quality of script of the, of the script mm-hmm. and yeah. the quality and of act in story and acting. Um, just like again, the feel of the film. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you have anything else to add? Um, I mean, we've went over the movies, we've went over the good parts, the, uh, bad parts a little bit about, um, each movie. Yeah. Well, not necessarily the bad parts, but uh, we went over how some movies, like how Step Brothers is less realistic and how, um, uh, Superbad is more, you know, uh, has less comedic parts, but is more believable. Yeah. So I think we've critiqued the movies well. I think we've compared them. I don't think I have much else to add. All right. I think I am. Uh, Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, All right, guys. Thanks for uh, listening to our podcast. There will be movie reviews. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Sunday with a new movie podcast. Uh, I'm Ryan. And I'm Cole. And it was a pleasure being on the show, Ryan. Really. Thank you. Thank you for letting me be on the first episode. No it's really an problem. honor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I hope to see you soon. Cole will definitely be in touch for another podcast. Very, it, was, very it was really a nice time talking about these movies with you. It was. It was a lot of fun. So yeah. I hope to do it again. See you guys next week. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening. Bye.